we live. You know, it's Tuesday. And um, coach, um, we're talking about the trade deadline right now, right? We talked about our most impactful trade deadline acquisitions. And um, we want to talk about which team will regret not making a move. And coach, since you're here, you can go right ahead and kick us off. Well, I would definitely want to say the Green Bay Packers, man. You know, especially with the talent of receivers that was out available with Brandon Cooks, Chase Claypool, so on and so forth. I was just surprised that, you know, they, you know, they, they, they didn't do anything. And I'm just disappointed. And it's, it's going to lead up to the rest of the season where the Packers offense will not, you know, will not make any type of improvement whatsoever. Zach, talk to me. Yeah, I think the Packers are the one team a lot of people are going to answer this question with, and I totally understand why. It's clear that team is right. And the most fascinating thing about the trade deadline to me is that each team, it really gives them a chance to evaluate, and it shows us, the viewer and the consumer of the sport, like, okay, how, do, how does this team really feel about their chances to to win going forward? Uh, like I'll give a quick example, like the giants, right? They're sitting here at six and two, the NFC East is somehow still in reach. They are likely going to be a playoff team if they could just rack a couple more victories, but we know they're decimated at the wide receiver position right now. And it's interesting that, that they weren't really willing to give up any future draft capital to address that wide receiver position. And I'm not even saying it's right or wrong, but it's interesting that they, with a quarterback whose future, like, we don't really know what that is yet in terms of uh, with the Giants or not. Uh, they just don't really have a lot of juice on the offensive side of the ball. And it, it, I am interested that, like, wow, they weren't even really willing to give up a third. Or, like, Kareem Hunt was available for a fourth-round pick, not really for the Giants in particular. They have a running back, but the Rams are another team that comes to mind. The Buccaneers didn't make any moves either, the Packers as well. So it really shows us teams that – uh might not feel great about their chances going forward, and they're not really willing to give up any assets for the fu uh, for the future, which is interesting. I think the Packers are the one team a lot of people are going to point to, and I agree with everything Coach said. But I have a couple teams in that range, like between the Giants and the Packers. Uh, you could throw the Rams in there, teams that we were really going to see today. How do they feel? Are they going to go all in with the trade or not? And uh, I was interested by what those teams did. You see, I think to be honest, right? The two teams, and I know it's going to be the trendy teams, but hey, it is what it is. We all know what these teams need is the Giants and the Packers. Those are the top two teams. Now, if I had to say which one of those teams I think needed to move the most, I agree with Coach. I got to go with the Packers. And I'm going to start off with the Giants here. Even though they have no talent outside of Saquon and their offense is very Saquon-centric, at the same time, who knows if they could pull an Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I know those things are not guaranteed, but I do think they are playing for something. So at least if it came down to the Packers or the Giants for Odell's services, the Giants, to me, will be more lucrative, if you ask me. Now, I'm not Odell. I'm not sure what he is inquiring um, about, what he's looking for, whether it be quarterback, whether it be coach, whatever. But at the same time, I think the Giants, because they are still in play, they have an opportunity to probably snag Odell. Whereas you look at the Packers, they are four games back. They're three and five. And more than likely, at best, there'd be a wild court team having to go on the road. And we all know Aaron Rodgers' five and six record. Now, obviously, by not making a deal for the Giants, it's Odell a bus, which, you know, it's not really a place where you want to be. But at the same time, who knows? You had him before. 
You have connections. If there's any two teams that could be able to pull him, it should be you or the Rams. So I guess the Rams, the team that you brought up, could be in that category from an offensive standpoint, right? We're not talking defense right now at this very point in juncture. But I agree with Coach in the sense that if you're the Packers, we saw, we know what the problem is. They was getting decimated by the Bills. The score was an outlier. They were down by a couple scores, and they kept running the football. They wasn't even trusting the passing game. They couldn't even trust none of those wide receivers. Now, I know Romeo Dobbs, he made a good play in the end zone, an excellent catch, showed great body control and all that to make the catch. But they were running. That's where they felt most comfortable with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. They wasn't even trying to pass to the final drive to try to win the game. So I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, we all know his championship window was open for the last decade. The Giants, they just starting to do good. They they are, how can I say, they are overachieving right now. So who knows what their future holds, right? If you're the Packers, you don't have that much time. Aaron Rodgers is about to be up out of here. He won back-to-back MVPs. If there's a year that you should go all in, it should be this year when Aaron Rodgers is still in his prime because he's only going to get older. So if you're the Packers, you should have went all in. We all know the same dance. You know, when it comes to them not paying for a wide receiver, them being cheap, and cheap is going to cost. Listen, we are talking about teams paying. That's how you win. We are, Zach has this fascination, and I agree. We have this fascination, me and him, we're going all in, trying to win. The Eagles, paying, 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 pay up, pay up. The Buccaneers, pay up, pay up. You know, the Rams the last year, pay up, pay up, trying to go all in. And the pack is like, nah, it's too expensive for me, bro. That's why you're going to lose. So, yeah, I agree with Coach. I'm going with the Packers. Coach, uh, any yeah. – oh, go ahead. Or I'll say this quickly. Like, it's very rare that you see a clear and obvious problem in the NFL because if we see it, like, the front office and the people upstairs, they definitely see it. The Packers have – even when Devontae Adams was still there – the Packers needed a number two wide receiver. You know, we've been saying for a while that they should have taken T. Higgins over Jordan Love. That is one draft pick that to this day, I still don't understand how they made. And I get it. In Matt LaFour's first year, Aaron Rodgers was not playing like an MVP. He even looked like, okay, maybe he could be on the decline a little bit. And that's probably why they took Jordan Love there. But they needed a wide receiver. And that was with Devontae Adams. That was with the best receiver in football, arguably on their team. And I go back to this a lot. Like that playoff game last year against the 49ers in the divisional round is the worst game of Aaron Rodgers' career. And the Packers could not score because Aaron Rodgers was just zoning in on Devontae Adams the whole time. That's how the 49ers got the ball back late. And that's really how they ended up winning the game. They didn't even score an offensive touchdown in that game. And they still won. It's the worst game of Aaron Rodgers' (laughs) career And when you're the Packers, you know, you got to help your guy out a little bit. I know you're paying him a lot of money, and I uh, completely understand. uh, As the two-time defending MVP, back-to-back, you got to be better. But this team has no chance with its passing game right now. And without by not making a move today, it's hard to see them having any chance in the future. And it's crazy because they actually gave Devontae Adams a more lucrative contract than the Raiders according Absolutely. to Devontae Adams. So they were willing to be expensive for Devontae Adams. So I don't know why they don't send over a, a pick or two for a Brandon Cooks, for a Chase Claypool. If the Bears in your division, who are not even, ah, I'm going to give the Bears a little light. They have the same record as the Packers. They both have the same records. And one was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in and give 
Justin Fields a weapon. So even if we don't make the playoffs this year, we are still going forward in 23, but also trying to do something this year. The Bears could have thrown in the towel as well. We talked about the Jaguars, and I talked about the Jaguars going all in for the next year. The Bears could have did that same thing too, saying, you know what, we don't have enough right now to compete with Justin Fields. Let's add on, all right, or let's punt this season away. No, they went for it. And they, who, like, who's talking about the Bears right now? Everybody talking about the Packers. So the Packers should have went all in for Chase Claypool or Brandon Cooks, you know, or somebody to bring in there to help Aaron Rodgers out. He needs help. Like, like, Lil, you made a valid point. Like, I didn't see the Bears, Bears making a move, you know, this, you know, this trade deadline. That was, that was by surprise for them to go after Chase Claypool. I like, hell, out of all people, Chase Claypool. But I could see, I could see the direction that they're heading in. You know, they just, it's, it's in the start of their, of their rebuild mode. So I guess that they're starting now instead of waiting, you know, for the off season or, you know, and, you know, in the draft to make it happen. And I want to address, I want to address a point that Zach made because I low key disagree with it. And it's about my Buccaneers trying to be aggressive. Now I'm not sure Zach, I'm going to ask you, is it from an offensive defensive standpoint that you think the Buccaneers should have bought in somebody? I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not even saying that I thought they should have brought in someone. I was just surprised that they didn't make any moves considering, like, the division is still wide open. Like, they're probably still are favored to win the division. And we say it all the time. Like, if you just get Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in the playoffs, they're going to have a chance against anyone. And I understand the Buccaneers, they've made, like, a lot of moves. They've been in win-now mode for a while, and they've – been bit by a lot of the older players that they brought in haven't really been living up to the hype. They haven't really been contributing. I was just a little surprised to see that none of the Packers, Rams, and Buccaneers, none of those teams even made a move. Because when I said earlier uh, about this trade deadline, it, it really shows us which teams do we think, uh, which teams do which which teams think that they're ready to go all in and they want to win. And by those teams not making moves, it kind of just showed me that, like, okay, they must be pretty down on the, on themselves. They're not willing to spend in order to make things better. And I understand it from the Rams and Packers' perspective a little bit more just because things are looking pretty bleak right now. Like, I'll say it, I guess, yeah. I'd be pretty surprised if either of those teams made the playoffs. And I'd throw Tampa Bay into that category, but they play in an awful division. And as bad as things have gone for them, they still are favored to win the division right now. Uh I know Atlanta's in first place right now, but we still have a long way to go. So I was just a little surprised that none of those teams did anything. No, I'm not really surprised being a Buccaneers fan because our issues is way more bigger than a talent perspective. Um, obviously, defensively, losing Shaquille Barrett is not a good thing. I really feel bad for our defense losing him. That's one of our best players, you know, Shaquille Barrett. So um, I don't even know how to react to that. Right now, my heart is hurting just talking about that because of you know, he knows how to get to the quarterback. He knows how to make those game-changing plays. We all saw Devin White getting, listen, I don't even want to talk about the bad game he had against the Ravens. But I think we had for bad effort, Chris. We have talent. We have brought in a lot of pieces during the offseason. Russell Gage, you know, Julio, Logan Ryan, you know, um, Kyle Rudolph, Hakeem Hicks. We we done our part. It's about these guys doing this and being healthy. All these guys is hamstring, you know, foot injury. So it's all about us being healthy. And the coaching is another element that I really don't want to cross today because Ty Bowles is a joke. Brian Leverage is a joke. And um, they just need to get about it. So I think the Buccaneers situation 
It's not about adding more talent. That's not going to fix anything. Right now, they are out of sync. Mike Evans and Tom Brady look like they never played together sometimes, right? So they are out of sync. They need to get that rhythm back. They need to get healthy. And that's just bigger than just bringing that acquisition, thinking that that's going to help your offense and your defense. It's not. I mean, so, so gentlemen, uh, either has a either one of you can answer this question. How do you feel about Bulls being the head coach? Like, what's different from Bulls from Arians? Well, Arians, I would tell you this from my experience following the team. The thing that I underestimated about Bruce Arians, because I actually wanted him out of there at various points, what I underestimated about him was his ability to hold players accountable. He doesn't mm-hmm. take none of that reha. He called out Brady a couple times in the presser. Like, my man's just missed those. Nobody will ever disrespect Brady. You see Ty Balls, you can go on vacation, Brady. Mm-hmm. You can go around the world. You can go on tour with Justin Bieber and come mm-hmm. back and miss the walkthroughs. You can do all that. Tom Brady, as much as that's my guy and I defend him, I think that he's gotten away with a few things on this team, whereas if Leonard Fournette came out and say, oh, I want to go on vacation, Ty Balls would be like, yo, you cut. You'll get cut just for asking that. So right. I think Bruce Arians, he never took anybody's mess, even if it was the GOAT Tom Brady. And he had an established formula of how to conduct an offense. Even if he wasn't calling the plays, he had everything implemented. Byron mm. which looked better under Bruce Arians. Now that he has a full-time role and there's nobody to cross and exit out his plays, we see how the plays are. Right. It's garbage. It's, it's just isolation down the field. It's not you know, sticks and, and just getting the ball out. A lot of motion. It's none of that. It's no creativity. It's just isolation. So, yeah, I answered it that way. Yeah. When you compare, not even comparing the Buccaneers under each guy, but even what they've done prior to what they have done in Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians came into Arizona right away. And keep in mind, we see the Cardinals right now. They're a bad football team. They're a poorly run franchise, in my opinion. Prior to Bruce Arians get there, getting there, yeah, they were lucky to get to one Super Bowl, which somehow they almost won in 2008. Yeah, but before that, they were just awful. They didn't win anything. And Bruce Arians comes in right away and with Carson Palmer just racks up a couple great seasons, and they even got to an NFC Championship game. They were one win away from the Super Bowl. So Bruce Arians, even before he got to Tampa, even before he won that Super Bowl there a few years ago, he was already an established and a really good head coach. And we can't say the same thing about Todd Bowles coach. We saw him four years coach our New York Jets. After that game in 2015, week 17 against the Bills, where the Jets choked away a playoff spot, it was very clear for me very early on, like, yeah, this guy Todd Bowles, probably not a very good football coach. And I said throughout the offseason, like, these – all, everything going on with the Buccaneers needed to be addressed because not enough people were talking about it, and here we are. And ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Any last words? Any last comments, Zach? Any just you know overall, you know closeout takes? Uh, closeout takes. Uh, I think Dolphins going to finish top two in the AFC for sure. You know, really? with the trade, yeah, with for Bradley Chubb, you know, that's gonna boost, you know, boost up their D line for sure. And you know, bringing in Jeff Wilson from uh, San Fran, you know, a guy, you know, a guy that worked with McDonald's before. So I think that you know, there's gonna be major boosts on both sides of the ball. So Dolphins will finish top two in the AFC. Yeah, Coach, uh, we spoke about the Dolphins and how much we love the Bradley Chubb trade. We're in agreement with you. Both think that's a really big move. But one last thing I'll say: there were just a ton of trades. Uh, even before the deadline with Christian McCaffrey that not a lot of people even saw coming. Uh, just I have the full list right here. 
Uh, even like TJ Hawkinson getting traded to the Vikings. I think that's an interesting move uh, for them. Roquan Smith getting dealt to the Ravens. Coach, you mentioned Jeff Wilson. James Robinson getting dealt to the Jets. It was really the first time I remember that the NFL trade deadline just went off the rails. It really reminded me more like a baseball trade deadline with all right. the moves were being made. And I just hope this could be the norm in the future because it was a pretty fun day today. Uh, waiting for all the different notifications. And I respect teams following the Rams' approach of being so aggressive, thinking, okay, if we have a chance, uh, let's go for it. But you have to be careful because uh, three teams that are not doing so well right now that don't have a first-round pick next year, the Saints, the Broncos. I know the Browns won last night. We'll see uh, where their season goes from here, but they don't have a first-round pick next year. So a lot of these teams giving up draft capital, it's a very interesting proposition and uh, just fascinated by it all, yeah. I want to close out with some of the guys that were alleged to be on a trade block that were mean where they are. Brandon Cooks, it looks like he's not ecstatic of returning to the Texans. You know, most guys, and I, I'm shocked about that in a way because Brandon Cooks has been a guy that's been a mercenary, not by his own will, but because he's been traded. I remember having him on New England. I remember before, before that where he was playing with Drew Brees in New Orleans and the Rams, and he's been traveling all over. And the fact that he doesn't want to stay with a team, you know, past the deadline is shocking to me because of all the movement that he has had. And there's a lot of things when it comes to moving around. You got to do all the things, traveling, you know, family, things of that nature. So the fact that he wants to leave the Texans, maybe the Texans are farther than what people, I'm going to say initially thought, but got led on the other way when Davis Mills was playing well last year. Maybe they really, really didn't make a step or nothing like that. So that's one. But Can also Jerry Judy. About Brandon Cooks really quickly before right. you go on. Like, I understand he wants to be traded, but he's acting like we're all forgetting about the fact that he signed an $18 million per year extension to stay in Houston for the next three years just a couple months ago. And that's really, I think, the main reason why he wasn't traded. The fact that he's making... 18 million dollars a year but he signed a contract to stay in houston just a few months ago i mean the texans are a little worse than expected they probably have a legitimate argument to be the worst team in the league after they lost to malik willis on sunday when he only threw one pass in the entire second half but this shouldn't be a shocking development that all of a sudden the texans are bad and the fact that he wants to leave like he just signed an extension to be there also too i would say you know, the Jerry Judy thing, um, he, he's remaining with the Broncos. You know, I would have liked to see him have another change of scenery, being that um, he hasn't really lived up to expectations since he's been drafted over there. Also, there's another guy that I'm forgetting, Kareem Hunt, right? That's one thing I thought I would have saw, you know, but obviously, you know, you have to pay for Kareem Hunt probably the highest price than any other guy. Like we saw Naheem Hines go to the Bills. They would have had to pay more for Kareem Hunt. So, look, I would like to see Stefanski now that he has Kareem Hunt back. And I'm not mad they didn't trade him. A lot of people like, yo, you could trade him. You got Dearness Johnson. Nah, like if your formula is to run the football with two backs, even though Nick Chubb is having a crazy year, he might be the best runner back in football. You know, most guys, they could rock out with those guys. Like we see the Titans, they rock out with Derrick Henry, take all the volume. But you have a guy that can share some volume. That's that's a big luxury because the running backs, we all know the argument with them. They don't last long. They get injured fast. So to have a guy like Kareem Hunt, even though we all know what happened before, you know, with him wanting to be traded, I think keeping him is good unless, you know, you keep continue to play him more. 
Like, I think he should play more. I think you should have your best players on the field all at once. Do like the Packers. Play Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb at least 10 snaps per game together on the football field. And I think your offense will be even more dynamic because you don't have a lot of dynamic weaponry on the outside. So, you know, that's my take. You know, we saw guys that we thought were going to be traded and they weren't and they back here. And let's see how they second half of the season goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up another episode of 99 Pod. And as always, Zach and Coach and everybody, I'm looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. Absolutely.